You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. Ephesians chapter number 5, and um, we'll um, conclude our study. We've looked at it for four weeks now on growing as a Christian, growing as a Christian, and um, we'll conclude here on it tonight, and um, then the next time um, that we meet again on Wednesday night, which Brother Josh will be here, but the next time I'm here, we'll pick up on the subject of prayer um, on Wednesday nights. But growing as a, a Christian, not just as a new Christian, but Christian growth in in general, and uh, we've been looking at this, and man, I've enjoyed studying it, and um, um, we was talking, to, uh, me and um, Jeff Bird was talking about it today, some of the things I'm going to deal with tonight, and uh, man, I, I tell you what, the Bible, and I know I say this so much, but the Bible is just completely inexhaustible, and um, um, whenever you think you've figured it all out and you've read everything in it, the Lord shows you new things, and even this week as I studied, and He showed me some verses and spoke to my heart out of them, and uh, I sure love it. Amen. And uh, we dealt well, last week. We dealt with that that um, daily diet of the Word of God. You need that. Amen. You need to study your Bible. You need to read your Bible. You need to look in the Word of God. And uh, I said this last week, and I'll say it again, just in passing. There is really. No excuse uh, for us not studying our Bible today. Um, um, we have um, um, so much accessibility to the Word of God. We can listen to it. If we can't read good, we can listen to it going down the road. Um, uh, we've got apps on our phones. We've got apps on our tablets. We've got it on the Internet. And um, uh, all of that's fine, but I like my Bible. Amen. And uh, when I read my Bible, I like to have my Bible in my hand. And uh, I, I got a I got one at home um, that's on our altar, uh, a little Cambridge that I use so much in the uh, uh, while I'm sitting on the couch. But I like to have the Word of God in my hand. Amen. Um, nothing wrong with devices today, um, uh, and a lot of times, especially on Wednesday mornings, that's what I use. But um, 99.999% of the time, I got my Bible in my hand. Amen. Look what your Bible says in Ephesians chapter five. And I'm looking verse number eighteen and nineteen and tw- uh, twenty and. And um, we may even look some more past that. We'll just see how um, the Lord leads and time He gives us. Father, I pray that You'd use us over the next few minutes, God. Help us to get understanding from Thy Word, Lord. We'll be careful to give You the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here's what the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. And um, uh, He says, be not not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So it's a command from God to be filled with the Spirit of God. He said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to talk to you about this tonight, Christian growth again, and look at a few more ways to grow as a Christian and how to grow as a Christian. Number one, I would say this tonight, we need to grow as a Christian by being filled 
with the Spirit of God, by being filled with the Spirit of God. And they said, be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. But be ye filled with the Spirit. Let me say several things about this tonight. Number one, I would say this, being filled with the Spirit means to be under the Spirit's control. To be under the Spirit's control. It's not that we control our life, but we allow the Holy Spirit to control our life. We allow Him to have uh, uh, dominion over our life. We allow Him to be Lord of our life. Not just our Savior, but we allow Him to be Lord of our life and to have control of our life. Being filled with the Spirit is not likened to being drunk with wine. It is contrasted to being drunk with wine. It's a contrast that He puts here of being drunk with wine. I remember years ago, Daddy preached a message on uh, on being filled with the Spirit and he done a contrast uh, of a drunk man and a Spirit-filled man. Now, I tell you something about a drunk man, he'll attempt things that in the human eyes is completely impossible. Amen. He really will. Um, He'll do things that in the human eyes uh, is actually pretty dumb. You know what? A man that's full of God and full of the Holy Spirit, he will attempt things that in the human eyes, they say it's impossible. You know what? A lot of people, a matter of fact, uh, there's already been numerous critics on social media um, that has uh, thrown sly remarks towards the tent being set up in Elkin. And in human eyes, man, they want to throw remarks at that, but in the God's eyes and in the Lord's eyes, and being filled with the Spirit of God without the Spirit of God, And without God, without the help of God, it will be in vain. That's the reason it's so important that we are filled with the Spirit of God. To be uh, to be Spirit-filled simply means to yield to God's control in my life. It means to die to the self-will and self-desires and to live for Christ. It means to start each day by surrendering myself to the Lord for that day and then the choices come my way. I choose to do God's will rather than my own. I choose to do God's will rather than my own. Uh, Every day of our life, we have numerous choices that comes our way. And in those choices, we either make our choice or we make God's choice in it. To be filled with the Spirit is not something that you walk around talking in tongues. It's simply that we allow God to have control of our life, to have control of our mind, that we die to our self-will and allow the Holy Spirit to make those choices for us. You ever started to say something and something inside of you said, don't say it? You me tell you what it is for the same man? It's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. And you know what happens when you don't listen to the Spirit of God? You may for a minute feel like, oh man, I really let that person have it. I feel good. Then you get back to where you're going and you sit down and what happens? The Spirit of God begins to deal with your heart. That correction of God, that chastening of God. Why? Because we did not submit our will to God's will and we did not allow the Holy Spirit to make that choice for us. And being filled with the Spirit of God, number one, is simply this. The Spirit has control of our life. When the believer does this, God gives him spiritual strength and wisdom and guidance. This is walking in the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. We allow the Spirit 
Spirit of God to have control of our life. I'm going to ask you this question tonight. Has the Spirit of God got control of your life? Do you allow the Spirit of God to control your life? If we're Spirit-filled, then the Spirit of God's controlling our life. The Spirit of God has dominion over our life. And I'll say this to you tonight. That is the happiest you'll ever be. When you're walking in the Spirit, amen, and you're living in the Spirit, and the Spirit of God has uh, uh, preeminence of your life, and you've died to self, that is the happiest you'll ever be. I was talking to somebody the other day, I don't even remember who it was, but we was talking about sanctification, and talking about the Spirit of God having dominion over our life, and lordship over our life. And I said this, I said that is the most freedom, and the most liberty you'll ever have is when you're living a completely surrendered, sold-out life to Christ. It is not bondage, it's freedom. Sin is bondage. The Spirit of God is freedom. So tonight, being filled with the Spirit is to be under the Spirit's control. We allow the Spirit of God to control our life. Not only that, but I would say this to you now. Observed uh, that being filled with the Spirit is associated with singing spiritual songs. It's associated... What did he say? Look right here. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Being filled with the Spirit of God is associated... Are you hearing me tonight? With spiritual music. That's what he said. Spiritual psalms. What did he say there was? He said hymns and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs. If the Holy Spirit has dominion over your life and he's number one in your life, they will be spiritual songs. Amen. That's just the scripture. I'm giving it to you right out of the word of God. It is associated with that. There is power in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. In Ephesians 5, Paul associated the singing of the spiritual songs with being filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Just as David sang songs, or just as David's songs calmed the troubled king in 1 Samuel 16, spiritual songs can feed and encourage the believer's new man. Those spiritual songs will feed and encourage the spiritual new man. It will do that. Uh, you know what, you know what music does? It sets the mood. It sets the mood. You know what? If, um, it, for instance, if we'd have walked up there and started playing Sweet Home Alabama a while ago, Half of you would have started clapping your hands or you'd at least went to patting your foot. You let me tell you why? It sets the mood. If we'd have started playing Rocky Top. Uh, yep, Mildred would have been two-stepping out in the middle of the aisle. She'd have been shagging. You let me tell you the reason why? It sets the mood. Why do you have singing before preaching at church? Because it sets the mood. And can I just say this to you? That's the reason it's so important whenever you sing to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's the reason it's so important, choir, when you stand up and sing, that you open your mouth and let it rip. That's the reason it's important 
When you stand up to sing a special song, that's not the first time you've ever sung that song. Amen. I've, I've heard, I've heard people, I might make some mad here, and if I do, I just do. But I've heard people get up and say this, well, we ain't had no time practices or anything, but we're going to try it. No, just sit down. Just sit down. If you're going to, if you're going to sing, man, give it everything. Take time out to practice that and work on that. You know what I've done? I told Olivia, she was talking about her playing tonight and she's been working on that new lead line. Josh has been working, her teacher's been working on that with her. And you know what we did honestly, probably between Sunday night and tonight, Brother Jonathan, she probably played that line, I bet, three hours if you took all the time and put it together. You know, let me tell you the reason why I said if we're going to do it for God, we're going to practice and we're going to give it our best. And that song, that's the reason it's so important in our music at the church for that music to be right because it sets the tone. It sets the mood. You go in a, 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 a restaurant and music is blaring wide open. Well, you're not going to have a serious conversation. You know, let me tell you the reason why your, your thoughts are scattered. If Leslie and I is going to go eat somewhere nice and it's just the two of us, I'm not going to go to Long Star Outback because it's so loud you can't even hear yourself think. I'm going to go somewhere where the music's playing soft and I can sit down and enjoy the meal. Why? Because music sets the tone. It set music plays on your emotions. Are you with me? It does. You know what you can do? You can go home tonight, sit down on the front porch of the house, and, and put Garth Brooks on Pandora, or put 80s and 90s country music on Pandora, and before long, you'll be smoking cigarettes and chewing backer, and your dog will be dead, and you'll be going through the big D, and I don't mean Dallas. And I, you just won't believe what the judge had to tell us. You'll have a queen of the double wide trailer with a polyester curtains. <laughs> am I telling it right or am I telling it right? That's the reason some of y'all be going down, down, down to a burning ring of fire. <laughs> That's the truth. Am I not telling it right? It sets the mood. That's what music does. And when he talks about being filled with the Spirit of God, he associates that to spiritual songs. Because when you're filled with the Spirit of God, then that's what you long for. It's those things that edify Christ. It's those things that are uplifting to Christ. i just say this. they some things that they call uh, gospel music, I'll just be real honest. I'll listen to Johnny Cash before I listen to it. If I can't even understand the words they're saying, and if there's no difference in it, and I don't even know if this is a station anymore, but I'm going to give my age away. If there's no difference in it and Rock 92, <laughs> are you hearing me? It's probably not spiritual. All it does is build your emotion. And here's the thing. They took the world 
and the music of the world and the beat of the world and the rhythm of the world and slap some words to it that they call gospel or Christian. And now they're saying, it's no, that's just appeasing the flesh. And being spirit-filled, that's good preaching if I'm doing it. Being spirit-filled is associated to those spiritual songs and hymns that he did. You know what the book of Psalms is tonight? The book of Psalms is songs. It was songs that was sung by the nation of Israel. And, and that's what he's saying. I thought about this. I thought about this. I, I, I read this, and which it's in the book, if you bought the book, the one-year Bible study, the one-year discipleship course from David Cloud that we're going through, it's in here, and it's an excerpt from J.B. Buffington. And here's what he said. Worldly music produces a worldly environment and creates worldly attitudes. That's truth. That's so true. On the other hand... You can program temperate and stability and peace and quietness in your home if you get good, sacred, Christian music. You can play Bible stories in a room with the little baby is sleeping and you are programming Bible stories into his little mind. Kids don't have to learn things formally. You just put it in it there, and they are like a blotter. They absorb it. Put soothing, Christ-honoring, soul-stirring Christian music on and just let it play in your home. And you are programming something of security and tranquility and peace into the children's heart. And what he's simply saying is this. Program, program, program spiritual psalms and spiritual songs into your kid's mind. If you're... Let me tell you the reason I know go down to a burning ring of fire because I programmed it in my mind at one time. You say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in going down to a burning ring of fire. I'm interested in going to heaven one day. I'm not interested in going down to the paradise city. I'm not interested in the highway to hell. I'm not interested in programming that into my children's mind. But I am interested in programming. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to get those spiritual songs. On Sunday mornings, the TV's not on at the house. C.T. and Becky singing, or or the Isaacs are singing, or Daughters of Calvary are singing. Something like that is going in our home. And you know what? Let me tell you what it does. It sets the mood for worship. Sets the mood for worship. I'm just going to be real honest with you. If you come sliding in on Sunday morning three minutes late listening to Garth Brooks, you ain't going to get much out of the service. Or Toby Keith. I'll, somebody's called Luke Bryan. They talked about the other night at the youth outing. You're not going to get much. You're not going to get much out of the service. Let me tell you the reason why. Your mind's not on spiritual things. You're not being led by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God leads us. It's right here in the Bible. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. 
singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Some of this stuff they call gospel music today is nowhere close to making melody in the first place. If somebody's screaming in a song, I just don't get it. But anyway, here's what he said. He likens that. We must warn against the carnal, carnal Christian music that is popular today. The Bible says we must sing spiritual songs. This is the opposite of worldly songs. Spiritual music is the opposite of music that feeds the flesh. Spiritual music feeds the soul. Carnal music feeds the flesh. Here's what Brother Weston said, and I'm moving on. I said this the other night a little bit, but I'll say it again. Brother Weston was doing devotions on Thursday of our spring break trip. And um, uh, Brother Weston's a good young man. God's done a great work in his life. And um, he's actually an undercover agent with ABC now. And uh, he talked about that just a little bit, but then he went into his testimony. And here's what he said. He said when he got out of church, he just didn't immediately get out. He said, but what happened was, he said, I laid my Bible down. I quit reading my Bible. He said, and then on Sunday morning, he said, the preacher would get up and preach and my soul would be stirred. And he said, I'd be around the church people on Sunday and even Sunday in between services. And then on Sunday night, we'd go back. He said, the preacher would preach and my soul would be stirred and I'd be on fire and I'd be ready to go for the week. He said, I'd sit down in the vehicle on Sunday night and start back up the road to the house. And he said, I'd turn the world's music on. He said immediately everything God had helped me with that day was sucked out of me. And I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And let me tell you the reason the music is one of the hardest things that every Christian struggles with. It's because it's what Satan was over in heaven. It's what he was over in heaven. That's the reason you fight it so bad. That's where you say, well, it just it appeasing to me. Well, you know what? Nothing said anything about it being appeasing to your flesh. But when you're spirit-filled, it'll be appeasing to your soul. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, man. We got over there um, Friday night and that spring break trip, and we got to sitting around playing music and singing those spiritual songs unto the Lord. Daughters of Calvary got up and got to singing. I bring it all to Him. And let me tell you what happened. Man, it just broke out in old time meeting. Why? Because spiritual songs was being sung. Because spiritual songs was being sung. Being spirit-filled, evidence of that will be spiritual songs. It's likened to that. But think about this. Being spirit-filled, being filled with the Spirit is associated with giving thanks to God also. It's associated with giving thanks to God. Look what he said in verse number 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father... In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. Think about this. James Easter said this. As the world looks upon me, as I struggle alone. That song has no appealing to the flesh. As I struggle alone. That's not appealing to the flesh. They say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing, though the world may not see. Thank you, Lord, 
for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Now what just happened to 99% of your mind? You started thinking of what God had done for you. You started thinking of the home that you live in. You got to thinking of the clothes that you're wearing. You got to thinking of the blessings of God on your life. Why? Because Holy Ghost singing will bring Holy Ghost thankfulness. That's what it does. Be filled with the Spirit of God, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always. How many times have we been singing that song and got done and somebody said, Wait a minute, wait a minute, I just want to say thank you Lord for what you've done for me. Evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. And growing spiritually will be being filled with the Spirit of God. Being filled with the Spirit of God. If I have a critical complaining attitude, I'm not filled with the Spirit of God. Because He is grieved by such things. Listen to what He said in chapter number 4 and verse number 30 and 31. He said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. If you've got those attitudes, you're not filled with the Spirit of God. But if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll be thankful. Does hard times come? Sure. But there's a God that helps us in the hard times. Amen. So number one tonight, to grow as a Christian... Man has to be filled with the Spirit of God. But number two, think about this with me. Go with me to the book of Luke. Go with me to the book of Luke tonight. I want you to see this verse. I'm telling you, this is a good verse right here. Luke chapter number 4. Look in verse number 16. Luke chapter number 4 and verse number 16. The Bible said this in Luke chapter number 4 verse number 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue, or if you want to put it in our terms today, the house of God, the church house, on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to read. Not only does Nehemiah talk about standing up, for the reading of the Word of God, but we see it right here, and I'm not going to take time to go into all that. 99% of the time, I always have people stand when I read the Bible because it's scriptural. It's scriptural. But look at this. Number two tonight, if you're going to grow as a Christian, number two, you're going to have to establish godly habits. You're going to have to establish godly habits. Let me tell you the reason some of y'all wake up at 5.30 on Saturday morning. Because you've got a habit of getting up at 5.30 on Saturday morning. That, that, or, or, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And what is that? You have created a habit. The reason, you, uh, man, I can go to bed at, at midnight. I can go to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. And usually somewhere between 6 and 7 o'clock, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up. Why? Because of the habit that you have formed. And here's what you need to do if you're going to grow as a Christian. 
You need to establish the right kind of habit. You want me to tell you the reason? Now, I'm not picking on nobody, okay? I'm just being honest. You want me to tell you the reason? Some of y'all, when you walk out that door before you ever get to your vehicle, it's going to get something about this long out of your pocket or your pocketbook and you're going to get something that's going to cause fire out and you're going to put it to your mouth and you're going to light it off just because it's a habit. It's just a habit. You want me to tell you the reason some of you when you walk out is going to smack a can of dip or roll up a chew of backer because it's a habit. Let me tell you the reason some of you drink 42 Mountain Dews a day. It's a habit. It's, it's, it's a habit. Amen. You want me to tell you the reason you're in church tonight? Because it's a habit. You have created a habit that on Wednesday nights you go down to the house of God. Can I just say this? It's a scriptural habit to have. Wait a minute. Going down to the house of God's a scriptural habit to have. Now don't nobody go out and light your cigarette and say, the preacher said this was a scriptural habit. I'm talking about going to church, okay? <laughs> it's a habit. It's a habit. And for you to grow as a Christian, you need to establish the right kind of habits. What was the habit that he was establishing here? Going to church. Going to the house. I need to preach this one on Sunday morning. But going to the house of God. Our lives are busy. And it's essential that we establish godly habits so that God is not crowded out. We should establish a habit of faithful church attendance. A habit of participating in organized evangelism. Passing tracts out. A habit of spending time with our family. And so on and so on. Let me say this about personal evangelism. Saturday morning breakfast is at 9 o'clock. I failed to make mention of that. At thanks to Calvary. And then after breakfast, we're going to go out and give out posters about the tent meeting. I sure hope you'll come with us. Matter of fact, by faith, I already give them a number from our church of 10 to 15 people from our church that's coming. So please don't let me down. Okay. You say, why'd you have to give them a number? Because we're buying you bread. If you're not going to stay and pass out tracks, come eat breakfast. All right. I'm just picking. Stay and pass out tracts if you come eat breakfast. But that godly habit needs to be... Can I just say this to you? Let me tell you the reason some don't read their Bible every day. It's because they've never made a habit of reading their Bible every day. They, it's just that... It's, it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you're going to hell because you don't read your Bible every day. It's simply because it's not a habit. And you've got to form the right habits. You've got to form the right... It's good preaching. You've got to form the right habits. This does not mean that we only think of God and only serve God during special times in the day or the week. According to the Bible, we're to pray without ceasing. We're to always have a conscience void of offense towards God. We're to always abound in the work of the Lord. We're to give thanks always. And we're to be ready always to give a testimony of Christ. The way that we're able to do those things is that we keep our spiritual habits fresh by staying in fellowship with God. So if you're going to ever grow as a Christian, you're going to have to establish the right habits. You're going to have to establish the right habits. Number three tonight, I'll give you this and then 
We'll go. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. This is simple, practical things, but it's so important in our life. Be filled with the Spirit. Not only be filled with the Spirit, create the right habits. And then this. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1 and 2. Not only do we be filled with the Spirit and we create the right habits, but I say this number 3 tonight, we keep our eyes on Christ. If you're going to grow as a Christian, you must keep your eyes on Christ. you got to keep your eyes on Christ. If you get your eyes on men, you're going to mess up. Look what he said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What did He say? That we keep our eyes focused on Him. That we keep our eyes focused. Hey church, if you get it on anybody else, if you get it on anybody else, if I get it on you, if I get it on you, I'll not continue to pastor this church. And if you get it on me, you'll not continue to come to this church. But if I'll keep it off of you and you'll keep it off of me and we'll just keep it on Him, then we'll keep going for the cause of Christ. I got to study in this race. Madeline, come start playing something softly. In closing tonight, I got to study in this race that he's talking about. Paul likens us to a wrestler. Paul likens us to a boxer. Paul likens us here to a runner. I personally think that Paul, I, I think he likes sports because he likens us to several different things. He said, I have fought a good fight. I kept the faith. He played golf because he said, I finished my course. So golf spiritual. But I got to study in this race, Brother Brian, and they said that the arenas of that day, they didn't run in an oval. It's not that you run around a track. But the arenas of that day, when you entered it, there was three sides. It was like this. The people sat here and around like this. And then at the, the very bottom was where the judge sat. It said the racers, the athletes, the participants would enter that arena. And when they entered that arena, they ran straight. They didn't run around, they ran straight. And at the end of the arena is where the judge sat at. And that's where the prize was put at. Our day, we would think of a trophy or a medal. That's where it was put at. And they said whenever the runner began to run, he said, let's lay aside every way. He said the runners in those days would shed practically just about everything. So there was no weights on them in the race. And as they began to run, it said the runners was training that day to focus on the judge sitting at the finish line and the prize that the judge had. They was taught to not tune into anything that was going on around them. They was taught practically to put a blinder on 
and earplugs in and run just as hard as they could run looking at the prize at the end of the arena. Can I say this to you tonight? If we're going to grow as a Christian, we're going to have to focus our eyes on the finish line and the judge that awaits at the finish line knowing there is five prizes that we can win. There's five crowns. There's five crowns for the saint of God. There's one that I, I... Call me a heathen if you want to, but I'm not interested in the martyr's crown. If I'm killed for the cross of Christ, there's that martyr's crown. And, 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 and if we are, we are. There's the soul winner's crown. and There's several. There's five of them. But if we're going to grow, we're going to have to forget about everybody else. We're going to have to put the right things into our mind. We're going to have to allow ourselves to be controlled by the Spirit of God. We're going to have to focus ourselves on that prize that's at the end of the race. And we're going to have to run with patience the race that's set before us. I've often wondered why he put patience there. Because sometimes the runner gets tired. Sometimes the runner wants to quit. But he keeps his eyes focused on the prize at the end and presses on through thick and thin and finishes the race. We're going to grow. That's what we're going to have to do. And can I just say this in closing tonight? That should be every one of our prayers tonight. Is that we finish the race and that we finish well. That we hear Him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. The only way we'll ever hear well done is if we've done well. And the only way we'll ever have done well is if we're filled with the Spirit of God. And if we're filled with the Spirit of God, then everything else that I preach tonight will be taken care of. Everything else tonight, you'll have the right kind of music, you'll have the right habits, and you'll have the right focus once you're filled with the Spirit of God.